Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Hi, welcome back, everybody, to the Modern Yogi Podcast. What episode? Podcast, podcast, podcast. 19, we're on episode 19. Episode 19. Okay, so a quick recap of last episode. We talked about leadership, actually. Mm. And Krishna talks about how important it is for Arjuna to set a good example. And he also talks about how when good people, good heroic leaders, like, do something good, Common people follow that, right? Mm. And so it's important for Arjuna to do the right thing. Do the right thing, you know? Yeah. It's very I mean, important. 5,000 years later, we're still trying to follow in Arjuna's footsteps. So yes. like, whew. Yeah, we also talked about the three modes of nature, mode of goodness, passion, and ignorance. And they're always trying to get their grip on us. They're always, they're always yeah, there. Yeah, like the picture of the puppeteers. And we're just puppets thinking we're the doers. We're so in control. We're independent, so low. But nah, we're totally governed by the three modes in varying degrees, like, like puppeteers controlling us. Yeah, so this chapter is Karma Yoga. And we're again, we're trying to understand uh, what we can do as like workers everyday you know teachers uh, firefighters uh, accountants clowns <laughs> yeah, that's your job that's your, your job whatever it is your career is <laughs> how you can also kind of find a path of spirituality how you can also serve Krishna while doing your job yeah. right because when you give it all as a service to Krishna regardless of what you do he's going to illuminate the path for you and when you serve him he also gives you the ability to control your senses so everything kind of just starts falling into place. I love that. And so if things get a little crazy complicated, which, you know, beginning of chapter three, let's be honest, was a little complicated. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, we also have an Instagram handle yes. at Modern Yogi Podcast on Instagram. That handle again is at Modern Yogi Podcast. What is it? At Modern Yogi Podcast. All right. <laughs> any questions that you have, we're here to answer and we'll always let you know when the next episode has released as well. Yes. Uh, in the goofiest, most awesome way possible 100 <laughs> all right are we ready for the invocation ladies yes. let's do it Chakshurun militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with a torch of knowledge i offer my respectful obeisances onto him all, All right. right. Beautiful. So chapter three, text 28. So we had ended off briefly on text 27. It had said how our whole body, our senses, it's all created by material nature under the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So we really got to be con conscious and mindful that this all it doesn't belong to us necessarily. It's under the dictation of the Lord. So it's almost like our duty, our responsibility to in the mood of gratitude, give back for all that he has given us. He has given us our very life. So use it in service. Gratitude so, is a running theme here, right? Yeah. yeah. Also, the a big thing from the last text was like that we're not the doers that we're not the ones that are causing everything to happen, right? We were mm, talking about, yes. what's his mm -hmm. name? 
capitalist. Capitalistic Chad. (laughs) (laughs) We're down to serious business here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And how he thinks he's the one that is making all the money and doing all the things. But actually, Krishna is behind every single thing. And we should understand we are not the doers. We also talked about my life and how I thought I was the doer. And I was trying to make all these things happen in the last three years. And it's like nothing was really happening. And now understanding, you know what? I am not the doer. Right. It's, you know, Krishna has a reason. Krishna has a path. And Mm -hmm. Just got to try our best, do our dharma, and let him guide us. So beautiful. Text so, 28. Yeah, take a look. Right. One who is in knowledge of the absolute truth, Krishna, O mighty armed, does not engage himself in the senses and sense gratification, knowing well the difference between work in devotion and work in fruitive results. Mm, so we had kind of talked about even though one person or two people might be performing the same type of work, you might have two accountants doing the exact same day-to-day routine, One might be working in a sense of devotion because it's an internal consciousness while the other is working for fruitive results or for himself and his senses and wanting more. It's such a different position moving forwards through life, Mm -hmm. all internal. Is it like the difference and this is, (laughs) is it like the difference of someone who plants trees so that the environment is better versus the person who plants a tree because they really just want the fruits? (laughs) Yeah, like our consciousness, right? It's the intention behind all of those things. Yeah, Yeah. it's interesting. In the beginning of the purport, it talks about someone who does know the absolute truth is convinced of. They call it his awkward position in material association, and I think it's important to kind of break down why do they call it an awkward position? Because on one hand, we know we're part and parcel of the supreme personality of Godhead. So pausing a moment, what does part and parcel mean? Like we're like a little, little droplet of the massive ocean with the ocean being Krishna, right? the the greatest of the great. And we're just a little drop of that. We have maybe, we try to cultivate godly qualities, but we are not God. There's a huge difference. So mm. part and parcel. So we know that we have that divinity within. Our soul is pure. It's Satchit Ananda. Knowledge, bliss, eternality. So on one hand, we shouldn't be in this material creation. We're, we're everlasting. We're so... We don't belong. Yeah, we don't belong here. Like a fish out of water. We know our real identity. But somehow or other, why did we get entrapped in this material conception of life? How how did that happen? It's awkward. <laughs> it's so awkward for us, right? And we, yeah. I think we've all felt that too. It's like, you know, when we have, I know I've had existential crises all the time. Especially oh, yeah. During Every other day. Yeah, exactly. When you're like, <laughs> what is my purpose here? What am I doing here? What is the whole reason for doing anything, right? Like it's an awkward, it's a confusing position to be in, you know? Yeah. And it says in our pure state of existence, hopefully we're trying to cultivate that. We know that everything is meant to be dovetailed here appears this word that we've used before, dovetailing our activities in devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, meaning that even if we're not directly connecting to our eternal dharma as servants of Krishna and doing bhakti yoga, which is direct service, we can, through karma yoga, the entire point of Mm. chapter three, we can dovetail whatever activities we're doing through a shift in consciousness to become service to the Lord. I love the example that you gave in the last episode, Shamali. You said, you know, George Harrison, a member mm, of the Beatles, yeah. right? And it's like, he's like, he was ready to give everything up, but then his his guru told him, no, just dovetail your yeah. talents in the service of Krishna. And so what did he do? He like sang songs. He wrote lyrics yeah. about God, about loving God. And so he dovetailed his talents. So, yeah, so dovetail means kind of guiding it in the direction yes. of... yeah. Like focusing it on. Focusing it somewhere Picture else. the tail of a dove. 
And the shape of it. It's like an arrow. Do you think arrow? is part of the definition? I think she's going on the roll. You sounded so convincing. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what dovetail means. I mean, that's how it was explained to me. <laughs> like, picture the tail of a dove. And it's like going, like, it's like an arrow. And it, like, points in the right direction. Like, you're c- kind of leading it in the direction. You're taking your talent <laughs> and using it for <laughs> Christian service. Exactly. Our producer is looking at me like, what is she talking <laughs> about? <laughs> I love it because yeah, essentially that's it. Everything is in our consciousness and how we see it in relation to Krishna. So do we see things as part of Krishna or separate from Krishna? It's all a state of consciousness because Krishna is everything. Mm -hmm. Text 29. I was going to say one quick thing. There's one part that it touches upon this concept of the higher taste. And let me explain that a second because it says one in Krishna consciousness or engaged in service of Krishna becomes naturally unattached, they use that word, to activities of material senses, which are all ultimately circumstantial and temporary. So I like the word naturally unattached because this concept of developing a higher taste is kind of like once you've tasted something so exhilarating, so real, which is ultimately when you start tasting little glimpses of the love of God, you don't have a taste for anything. Everything else becomes dull. It becomes like, ugh. when you've tasted pure love, you no longer want to whatever. Uh, I don't even know what's a boring example of something you might do that's way lesser than Just that. Just ride a Ferrari around a track. There we go. Ride <laughs> a Ferrari around a track. You no longer want to do that. You've tasted the <laughs> ultimate creme de la creme, so to speak. Nice. <laughs> no, I love that. Anything else for text 28, chapter 3? Nope. All right. Text 29. Bewildered by the modes of material nature, the ignorant fully engage themselves in material activities and become attached, but the wise should not unsettle them. Although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. Okay, let's Mm. break that down in sentence Mm. by sentence, right? Bewildered by the modes of material nature, you know. Being good, influenced by yep, goodness. Passion. Ignorance. Boom. Those are the three, right? <laughs> the the ignorant fully engage themselves in materialistic activities and become attached, right? So the ignorant, I want to say like, it's not meant to be like derogatory. It's not a more, bad thing. It's more so about the fact that ignorance of spiritual knowledge, yes. right? So those that don't know spiritual knowledge is not meant to be like, oh, you fools. Like we're not right. really talking yeah. down to anyone. It's more like just a designation of like, the they people, don't know about spiritual knowledge. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a, a like completely negative connotation it's the ones that don't know the the truth right yeah, like muggles yeah. <laughs> like most people are I'm sorry <laughs> is that a harry potter reference <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. wait i don't know anything what does okay, that mean so there's wizards and there's muggles and muggles don't have magic and wizards do oh my god so like but you see there's people who might think like oh muggle is a dirty word but no like muggle is just a designation for someone who doesn't have magic and it's not meant oh to be god. derogatory you know, what like a bunch of my friends loved harry potter and i was making fun of them and then they called me a muggle and then i didn't <laughs> even know what that was You're like, thanks <laughs> i was like thanks there you go now you can be like yes i am are you i'm okay with that <laughs> but that was a good that was no, a, but that above was a good muggle no, 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 above the wizard you have a krishna conscious person in tune with the <laughs> ultimate magic always always i <laughs> love that um so okay. anyways so they become attached to material activities mm-hmm. so if you're that's it, true right if you're working so hard capitalistic chat and also i don't want to give capitalistic we don't hate him he has a little <laughs> bit of krishna in him too i know we always break him up but he has krishna in him too he's yeah. just you know he's not awakened to this knowledge right yeah. it talks about this body is like a gift of material nature so when we're just too attached to the body it's it's 
it deviates us from the main point. It's it's not the goal. It's not the purpose. And it's interesting because it talks about under the spell of such designations, people like this are always busy in the material field. And I love how it talks about it like a spell because, you know, I think back to how easy is it for anyone to identify fully and wholeheartedly with what they do in the moment? Like I think back mm-hmm. to my figure skating days and, you know, I trained from the age of six till 18 years old oh, and I was about wow. to go to the Olympics. I trained 350 days a year. When I got injured, I was actually speaking to the Argentine Federation and they were going to let me get a dual citizenship and go represent Argentina in the 2014 Olympics. So it was very easy to see my identity at that time as an ice skater. That That was so consuming, despite, you know, I tried to apply the philosophy to controlling the nerves of competition in my mind. But the point is when I got injured at 18, I all of a sudden had to sit with who am I beyond mm, yeah. the ice skater? What And that was kind of like it made the knowledge self-realized in that moment, at least that concept with, wow, what am I beyond what I do and what I've been doing for over 12 years that took so much of my time, energy and passion. And that was a really difficult thing to sit with at 18. But it gave me so much beyond an Olympic medal or whatever medal would have stayed sitting in the closet. And that gave me a hard, deep realization. I am so impressed with you. I mean, I think I was just <laughs> blown. I was looking at Priya because I was like, did you know that she practiced from <laughs> six to 18? Yeah. That's wild. That's a wild. It takes a lot of spiritual growth to like to, to go to that level and just understand mm. if it doesn't go the right way that you want it to. And be. I mean, I think all of our listeners can, anyone in life can identify with you. They, they pour so much of their time and resources to things that ultimately will come to an end and fail or crash and not go the way you want it. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are designations that you have to see. We had kind of touched about upon this in the previous episode that sometimes Krishna is kind of trying to push you in a certain direction. So if something fails, it kind of means your time in that sector of life might be done. You've already gathered all the lessons you're meant to learn. Pack up your bags. Krishna has a next plan for you and your path is trying to push you in another direction. I think it it is imperative, though, to understand that we can't just not do material activities, right? Because like someone hearing that story might say like, okay, so then should I never try to be an Olympic uh, skater no, or right like no. it's, I think it's important to clarify like this is not saying that you shouldn't do anything we talked about this Arjuna mm-hmm. talked about this he was like I can just go to the forest and do nothing and Krishna's like no that's not what we're, we're talking about here I think the verse is saying fully engage themselves in material activities it's become consumed to the point where you don't understand like your identity right. and yep. the fact that things end and right then, yeah right. and then you're attached to the results like you're attached to that gold medal at the end of the day right, right? So that right. can destroy you like yeah. you can still be an Olympic mm-hmm. skater yeah, that's not a problem yeah. but you re- understand I, I, at the bottom of it all is that you are still trying to be a devotee of Krishna, that there's more to your identity than that, that that is a face of your life that will eventually end and it doesn't define you, that you are the soul. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like I said, when I look back, so much was gained from that. So I wouldn't change that. I dovetailed so many principles that I learned in skating to my spiritual practice. So it's not like I would change that, but that time came to an end. And okay, I have something else now that... Yeah, it's just it's, it's like towards. not making it your whole identity, right? right? Like understanding right. that your identity is the spirit's soul, right? right? Like and that our dharma, like our eternal um, duty is to find our connection with Krishna and serve him. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, that's all I wanted to clarify because I think some people can say like, oh, am I just not supposed to do any material activities? Or like, oh, well, if I do them and then I fail. Like, I just wanted to clarify. It's, it's still important to do them. Yeah. Like your, your your life here is not just Netflix and chilling like yeah. 24-7, yeah. you know? We on this podcast are not promoting to everyone, quit your job. That is the whole point of chapter three, karma yoga. How yes. to spiritualize your temporary dharma, your duty. How your to continue duty. doing your job and still be a spiritual devotee of Krishna. Yep. Right, right. The second part of this verse is a little confusing. So if you guys can help me out. Yeah. It says, but the wise should not unsettle them, although these duties are inferior due to the performer's lack of knowledge. It talks about that in the purport about not... Un- what were you going to say, Priya? No, no, go ahead. I mean, I think that was exactly what we were just talking about. Is it's that like, what that means? Like uh, knowing better doesn't mean you stop people from stopping their ah, material activities. There we go. Right? Just mm-hmm. because they don't have the knowledge, it doesn't mean you stop them from doing those things. We just integrate karma yoga into their lives. Yeah. Right. It even kind of takes it a step further and says, better to prosecute one's own spiritual activities silently because those who are like spiritually enlightened, Kaiman is saying, don't agitate those who are so engrossed in material life. But then further down, Srila Prabhupada almost puts a little, little kind of loophole to that. He's not saying don't say anything, but he says the devotees of the Lord are even kinder than the Lord because they understand the purpose of the Lord. So they try to take all sorts of undertake all sorts of risks to try to help others. So I think that's really beautiful that we just try to help others wherever they're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, we're not trying to stop anyone yeah 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 sorry <laughs> no 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 that was like an agreement it was not it was not a dismissal no 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 we're on the same page here I think yeah. it's the the reality of it is you don't stop someone from stopping their material activities you introduce Krishna right. in yes. the form of karma yoga love yeah. that that's just yeah. alright text 30 yeah Shamali Therefore, O Arjuna, surrendering surrendering all your works unto me, capital me, with full knowledge of me, without desires for profit, with no claims to proprietorship, and free from lethargy, fight. Mm. I love this. I think he broke down almost in a bullet point list, what are the steps of karma yoga that we had been kind of talking about? Like when I keep bringing up, put your head down, let go of your ego, carry out your duty, offer it up as service to the Lord. He's kind of saying that. Let's go over it again. Surrender all your works unto me. Step like, one. Essentially, basically, whatever you do, if there is profit or loss or whatever it is, like just give it all to Krishna. So yeah. like, it's kind of like throwing your hands up in the air and be like, okay, I'm going to do my job every single day. I'm not going to be attached to whatever good or bad comes from it. Right? Yeah. Surrendering all the works onto Krishna. Without desire for profit and no claim to proprietorship. It's not just me, 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 but is Krishna working through me? And that's a recipe to let go of your ego. Yeah. And I, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And so it's 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 Krishna basically saying to Arjuna, like, whether you win or lose on this battlefield, right? Just remember that you're just doing it just for me and don't even worry about what's going to happen. Your job is to fight and that's what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. In a practical, like, everyday life, if we look at this and, like, we're listening to this, surrender all your work unto me. Like, I want to make it practical, right? It's mm-hmm. not like you give away 100% of the money you make from your job to a temple. That would be mm-hmm. unrealistic. Like, that's not exactly what it means. Or like even it says without desires for profit, right? I think the without desires for, for profit means like, you know, I think back in the day, people took what they needed. Yeah. And then there was left. It wasn't like greed. I think that's what this means. Without desires for profit in my mind, is like not yeah. being greedy, but really just taking what you need not claiming to be the owner of anything, mm-hmm. right? 
and and just like do this thing, fight, because that's the last sentence. So, so I just wanted to clarify that in good, like everyday good. life situation, right. what does that look like? Yeah, right. it's not like you're working for free. Like it's no. like you still have to maintain your livelihood and whatnot. But again, don't be greedy about it. Yeah, yep. it's like incredible. That. The first line of the purport puts a lot of weight to this verse. It yes. says this verse clearly indicates the purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. Whoa. The Lord instructs that one has to become fully Krishna conscious to discharge his duties as if in military discipline. Yeah, I love that. And as we've already talked about, it's great if your duty can be directly connected to service through bhakti yoga. But if it can't, still do your duty through karma yoga and connect it to Krishna. It's all a state of consciousness. And little by little, they keep repeating it again and again and again. Because it's so difficult, as we're saying, to really apply it in your life in a real, real way. Not, okay, great. I had my time listening to the Bhagavad Gita in the podcast. Now back to like, whatever, just shut off my mind and go about my day to day. Yeah. And if you remember nothing else from this episode of the Modern Yogi <laughs> Podcast, just remember <laughs> chapter three, verse uh, verse number 30. Okay. That is the one that summarized the entire purpose of the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. It's like the Bhagavad Gita knows that we work in this, uh, we live in a society in which everyone works and they're trying to still be Krishna conscious yep it's like oh it's like those people (laughs) right right it's kind of like carrying out your duties with a dependence on krishna Mm -hmm. rather than being independent you're like totally depending on him to guide you kind of like he has the remote control and you're just operating you're putting action and fuel into the vehicle and he's going to take control of the wheel isn't there a song jesus take the wheel Anyway, I don't know that one. <laughs> you know, growing up in Texas, you, those songs play on the radio all the time. And I was That's like, well, funny. Okay. Um, it also says that when one acts in such Krishna consciousness, certainly he does not claim proprietorship over anything. Mm. So there's this phrase, nothing is mind, that is considered to be this kind of consciousness. And I like that. Yeah. Remembering. You, you, that reminds me of a story, actually, what you just said, is that whenever I... I was an Indian kid, right? So I was really good at spelling bees. So stereotypical. When I was <laughs> nice. a kid, right? I was really, really like just good at spelling. You know? So like I would come home and be like, mom, 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 mom. I like got like a hundred on this like spelling bee or whatnot. And she's like, and she's like, that wasn't you. That was Krishna that did it through wow. you. That's and like beautiful. as a child, I'm like, <laughs> what? Taking what? my spotlight. me. I studied, I studied how to spell hippopotamus. And, and so oh. as a child, I didn't really understand it. And then she kept saying it as I got older. What anything good that would happen, she was like, it's not you. It's like, it's Krishna acting through you. And so mm. like, then it like literally shifted my entire mindset. And now I still believe that as an adult. So how do you perceive that? Like what how like what's your internal thought process when something in your life goes great that you put work into it? It honestly is a mood of gratitude because mm. I have to step back. It's like say for instance like I do a comedy show and it sells out and it's amazing. I have to walk backstage and be like thank you Krishna that was all you. You know, mm. and I literally have to, and I do say that, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you put the effort, but without Krishna, I might've not been successful. Exactly. Like right. that's the, the sort yeah. of intention. It's literally a, a consciousness of gratitude I every single that. day. You know how in the, was it the Disney Pixar movie sold that they say, uh, when you get into the zone, whether you're an athlete or a singer, it's kind of where the material merges with the spiritual. Mm. And that's where you're really connected to all that. It makes me think of like one ice skating performance that I won, like way above everyone else else and okay I want you have two ways to view it on one hand I think I can think that was all me I did great I put so much time into this but there's another way to see it and this is how I really felt in that moment I got off the ice and I kind of almost came back to my body it felt like something had taken control for real it felt like 
that was not me. Oh my God, yeah. I got into a zone where something took over and it felt divine. And yes. I got off and I was like, what just happened? You it know, felt that, unreal. That happens a I lot. Like, that. I mean, I've taken dance classes before and when we had to do performances, I was like, what just happened? Yeah. That flew by like three, five minutes of performance. You don't remember what that was. Yeah. yeah. It's like Krishna takes over. Yeah, that <laughs> zone talent, is a very yeah. spiritual phase to be in because it's like your mind shuts off your senses mm -hmm. shut off and you let something within take over it's so connected to you god is not christian is not someone in a far off throne in the sky he's breathing in and out through your very being yeah and if you allow him to take control he will illuminate the path as it said i love that I love that. It's so back sweet. to the illumination of path. I love yeah. that. <laughs> All and right. Text number 31. Oh, no, no. There's one thing I wanted to bring up actually at the end connected to a little story. The last line in the purport says, everyone according to his quality and position has a particular type of work to discharge and all such duties may be discharged in Krishna consciousness. So, right. We're all given different qualities and positions and we can act according to that. Everything's Krishna's energy. So as we're saying, it can all be spiritualized. And I was talking to my mom about this verse and she told me a really beautiful story about, you know, my mom, she used to do so much service. Uh, this like Right before having children, she was the top book distributor. She in one point in a marathon came like second in the world. She would never be saying that she's also super like reserved and humble about it. But when she had kids, she had me and then five years later, my sister. So we were both really young at that time. And she wasn't able to perform so much of her service. Her service became a mother taking care of children. And she told me how at one point, whenever her spiritual master would come into town, for example, she almost said she started like hiding a little. She felt sheepish about, I'm, well, who am I? Well, I'm not doing anything now. I'm just I can't do anything or I, I can't be in front of him don't see me like this and uh, she wrote a letter to him and she said that he wrote back to her saying no right now that your service is being a mother and taking care of your children because through softening your heart it's in the heart that devotion and bhakti is cultivated mm -hmm. so that is your service right now and that's where devotion unfolds in the heart so krishna consciousness is so much having spiritual thoughts and values in your day-to-day through whatever phase of life you're going through. So like, That's awesome. yeah, her going from being service 24 seven, even to the point where she, when she was pregnant with me, she was like selling books and doing all these marathons. But anyway, from that to no matter what phase of life I'm in, this is my service, depending on how I can dedicate it as an offering to Krishna. Very sweet and, and very inspiring for anyone and everyone in different stages of life, right? Whether you're yeah. a student, whether you're a a married person, whether you're elderly, whatever stage you're in, you can just apply Krishna consciousness in that, in that, you know, aspect of your life. Yeah. So awesome. I love it. Text number 31. Priya. 31. Those persons who execute their duties according to my injections and who follow the, this teaching faithfully without envy become free from the bondage of fruitive actions. Ooh, so okay. he's basically saying that like, if you're listening to what I'm, I'm laying down. <laughs> this is like, you'll be free. You know you'll what I mean? You'll be good. Yeah. You'll be good. And it takes a certain, like, he talks about having faith, follow his teachings faithfully. And it's so interesting because you can't have faith and control at the same time. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I was in a group talking to this one man who was very new to the path on bhakti, started saying that, you know, I, I've put so much time, money and effort into my work. I've worked, 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 and I've kept falling on my face. And after much thought and analyzation, I came to the conclusion that 
I was trying to be God. And I thought, whoa, what a realization to be able to say it so bluntly because many people, when they're trying to be the controller, they don't word it that way. They don't say, I was trying to be God. Mm. But indirectly, when you're trying to control the situation, you are not allowing Krishna to act on your behalf. Mm. You're eliminating Mm. a crucial part of the equation. You're trying to control the results and Krishna might have results that are even beyond your wildest dreams. So you are literally trying to be God when you're trying to control the results of your actions. Mm. All you can do is your actions and he will take care of the rest. That's so interesting because it's it's actually true. Like when we, when we're, I mean, at least I have been in the position where I'm like, I just want to be the most knowledgeable in something. And I'm mm. never going to be the most knowledgeable in like anything perfectly, right? Like the, I'm trying to be like Krishna, most knowledgeable. Right. Or like someone's like, I want to make the most money. Like all of these things are qualities that Krishna has in spades. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but like it, he is loads. the source. Yeah. yeah, he is the source of mm. all these things. And we just we just want to be like him right. um, rather than letting him guide us into what's actually meant to be our own path. So doing it without right. envy, right? Yeah, Not being the envy, envy part is really important. Yeah. And yeah. also the following faithfully, like Shalmi, you mentioned, that's a really important part of this verse is faith, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing, I always like talk to my mom because my mom like like always worries. And I was like, mom, every single day you have to wake up and you can either choose fear or you can choose faith. Mm-hmm. Those are your only two options that you have. Because the moment you have fear, it means mm-hmm. you're lacking faith in Krishna. You know, you're lacking mm-hmm. that, right? You can wake that. up every single day mm-hmm. or choose fear or choose faith, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, so, so important because when we have fear, it's like we think we're in control of the outcome, but we're actually not. So we're, we're destined I to choose. I really faith. love that. I want yeah. that on a t-shirt or every something. Every single day. We yeah. should do that. Modern Yogi Podcast. Faith <laughs> or fear. Your choice. Every single day. And on the back, you can't have faith and control. It'll be the flip side of it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, and it's very, and I actually said that to, to one of my friends who, um, her, her, her baby was born with like an immune deficiency, right? So she mm. has to like for her entire life. She can't be around sick people. She can't mm. be too cold. She oh, blah, blah, blah. So, so it's tough. Like as a parent, like every single day you wake up and you're wondering what can happen. It's like someone going to sneeze on my daughter and then now I have to end oh up in the hospital. God. It's like a terrible place to be. And yeah. so I said the same thing to her and she's Christian, you know, she's like a completely different faith, but it still makes sense, right? Because mm. every single day you have to wake up and choose faith that like God will protect your child no matter what and whatever instance, whatever happens, that Mm. was God's plan and have faith in that or fear every single day where it's like anything can happen. I'm riddled with anxiety, right? I love the point, Shama, you bring up about fear because in a way it, it, it takes courage to let go. It's scary. I picture like you hold on to everything so tightly and to kind of loosen your grip and let go and let God in yeah. is scary. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. That's another teacher. I'm on a yoga podcast. <laughs> we need to monetize. <laughs> don't worry, that's not our purpose. That's not uh, our purpose. Uh, no, detach from the results. Detach from the results. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, and you know what? This, letting go in a way reminds me of this analogy that my spiritual master talks about. About I, I don't even remember if I mentioned or thought of mentioning it. About the spiritual path being like a river. That when you first enter the banks, you're kind of wading through the mud. It's very, it's difficult. There's so many distractions, people, relationships, dreams that you have in this world. But if just keep going, keep going, because you're going to get to a certain level of depth where the current will automatically grab you and just take you to Krishna. It'll Mm. pick you right up and you're going to fly there. I think that's so cool. Uh, The the idea of envy is like, I think it's an important thing because I think it will come across again. This, Mm. um, 
Because I think at the end of the day, we we made it here to the material world because of envy, mm. right? And I'm just thinking about what does that look like? How to not be envious of God? Are we consciously envious or is it like very subconscious? Like, I don't want to be God. Oh my mm. goodness. Like, I, I don't know, but I, I, I feel that way, right? But mm. like maybe subtly I'm like, but I want to have the most knowledge or something. Maybe subconsciously yeah. I am being envious without really uh, being aware. Right. I'm just well, curious. For yeah. each person, it might manifest itself differently, look differently and to varying degrees, right? Because for that guy who said he kept trying to control the outcome of his work, he said, I was trying to be God. That's an interesting way for him that it played out, that he was trying to control the results. That's not on him. He's just doing his action. He's not the doer. He's not the controller of the results. So through doing that, he was trying to be God. Or like you said, Priya, maybe for someone else, they want to be the most knowledgeable, mm. the most qualified, the most attractive, whatever it is, mm. it'll probably come out in different shapes and forms for each person. Yep. And that envy, kind of that, that little seed in your heart that grows comes from wanting, I don't know, to be the most in a way. Right. Christian, what does Christian mean? All attractive, right? Yeah. Like the, the smartest, the funniest, the, the, the best looking, that, right. There's like a whole bunch of, there's like five or six different things. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we don't get to see that on a daily basis, but when we scroll through, scroll through our Instagram, right. <laughs> we see like all of these people that have all of these qualities and there's where envy comes in too. Mm. Of course, it's not anything close to Krishna or whatnot, but it still creates this feeling of envy. Yeah. So, I, I think all these, uh, all these, like we can be subtly envious without realizing who we're envious of. Yes. Like all of these like people who are trying to become famous by how good looking they are, all of that. Like that might be a competition with other people at first, but eventually it becomes this thing of being the most. And they're not even aware that it's a competition against Krishna in a yes. sense, like not yeah. aware of like the power dynamic of the yeah. world in a sense. I don't know if that's right. even just like, a random What do you, you want to do? Like, okay, so you want to be the most beautiful person in the world. Why? Yeah. Why? You know, and it's, 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 it's hard. It, yeah, it's hard because this makes me think of one line from the previous verse to combat in a way this envy. It says one has to realize that nothing in this world belongs to any individual person, but that everything belongs to the Supreme Lord. Everything, including our looks, our talents, our literally everything. Comes nothing is him. ours. Everything comes from so him. So if we want the most of something, nothing, none of this belongs to us anyway. We're just kind of borrowing it. We're temporarily. temporarily yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. For a moment so we can do the most with it and give back with it. Mm. It's almost like Krishna entrusted us with some little godly aspects like either this beauty or that talent. Now do something with it. Do something meaningful with it. Yeah. You can't just take it for your own senses. All right. Text number 32. But those who out of envy disregard these teachings and do not follow them regu regularly are to be considered bereft of all knowledge, befooled and ruined in their endeavors for perfection. And that's that's exactly what we talked about. Right. Those are people who are envious, who are not mm -hmm. understanding this path of bhakti, who are disregarding the teachings are essentially they're ruined in their endeavors for perfection, right? Mm, so whatever yeah. they think they're trying to strive for, it's not going to work, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's very specific to those who are not following the teachings, yeah? Yes. So like you have to be aware. You have to mm -hmm. be aware. Yeah. <laughs> Here in the purple, they almost call it, they say a disobedient person, however yeah. great he might be, is ignorant of his own self and of the Supreme Brahman, 
Paramatma, which is like Krishna within your heart, and the personality of Godhead, of Krishna above, due to his own vacant heart. So our heart's empty. Oh, Oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. But that, that last line in that purport where you, I think you were getting to. I was gonna say, yeah, go therefore, ahead. there is no hope of perfection of life for him. Yeah. Because what is perfection of life, ladies? It's Krishna consciousness. Krishna consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they're thinking that their perfection of life is like, uh, you know, like being the most. Climbing this, to the cl- top of the ladder. Being the most beautiful, having the having most money, money, whatever, all these things. And at the end of the day, they're not realizing that they have no hope of even getting close to perfection because they don't even know what perfection is. Exactly. You know what? Ta- wow. Bringing this back to our concepts of karma and bhakti yoga, talking about perfection of life. I had broken down bhakti yoga is connected to your eternal dharma and karma yoga is connected to your temporary dharma or like your work occupation, your job, your yeah. job making that spiritual. Now, you can still achieve the perfection of life or your eternal dharma through karma yoga, through your consciousness. So doing whatever work occupation, if you shift your consciousness, get rid of your pride, false ego, your your envy, and just do it as service, you can achieve your eternal dharma, or as we said, Krishna consciousness, the perfection of life, and realize your eternal relationship with God, with Krishna, who just wants you to come back to him. Love that. All right. Text number 33, Shamali. All righty. Even a man of knowledge acts according to his own nature, for everyone follows the nature he has acquired from the three modes. What can repression accomplish? Is that a rhetorical question? Who's talking here? I think it's it's Krishna talking here. Ah, ah. Yes, it's still Krishna. So let's break this down. Even a man of knowledge uh, acts according to his own nature. For everyone follows the nature he has acquired from the three modes, right? Okay, so okay. if you're meant to be a singer, then then you're yeah, a singer, Yeah, like we said, right? the, the percentages of passion, ignorance, goodness kind of make up who you are and yep. what you're based also on your desires, right? Yep. So he's saying as long as you act in your nature, every man of knowledge acts according to like you have to be aware of what your nature is and work in that right yes, right so like say you're a your investment you're a stock trader right mm. you're working in new york city at the stock exchange you're heavily like a good per- chunk of your percentage is mode of passion right yeah. and so that is just who you are that is literally everyone follows their nature that they've acquired right what can repression accomplish so if you repress oh, that stock traderness on you yes. it's not going to be good for you right? right if george harrison repressed his nature to be a rock star of the world, yeah. he would have never gotten millions to hear the Hare Krishna mantra in yes. that song. Yeah, imagine he had said, you know what, I'm just going to like go to the forest and uh-huh. chant Hare Krishna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, no repression is necessary. No, uh, what's another word for repression? No... When you're keeping things like... I'm, I'm imagining a little visual of like sitting on a suitcase <laughs> that it's exploding. No, I'm staying there, stay in there, don't yeah. come out. Like keeping it... In a tiny little box when it should be outside of the box. We don't want things in the closet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, boom. <laughs> no, it's important. I mean, it's true. I mean, it does. It, what does it accomplish? It actually makes you feel stifled. Yeah. It makes you feel like it's like it's you're a wrong. heavy it feeling. It makes you feel like you're in your wrong identity. Yeah. 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 I still want another word for repression. Uh, Lord Abjit, can you, do you have a word that you're fine? <laughs> you also, I, like, I thought it was suppression, but is it the same repression and suppression? Oh, Oh my goodness, I should have looked right, it up. Right, kind of, maybe? 
we'll, we'll look that up and we'll get back to you guys. But <laughs> I think I think Krishna is asking, like to your point, Shamali is asking a rhetorical question here. Is like everyone does things according to their nature, and so why suppress it because it's right. not going to be good, right? Okay. And so because- repression is uh, restrain, prevent. Um, Restraining yourself, yeah. Yeah, like subduing someone by force. Mm. Yeah. Or subduing yourself. Suppressing. Yeah, yeah, so suppressing a, <laughs> is a synonym. Right. A synonym. We shouldn't suppress, repress, because we've been in association with the material nature for so long, as we said. We're, we're kind of in this bondage with material nature. So instead of just pretending that you don't have these tendencies, these desires, they're saying dovetail it. Because here in the purport, it says academically, one might be very learned, but because of this long association with material nature, it is hard. You can't repress. You have to acknowledge, you have to see it, and then you have to connect it to Krishna and use your natural tendencies for that. Yeah, I mean, this whole chapter is karma yoga, right? Like how to use what you are meant to do in this lifetime Mm -hmm. and still connect it to Krishna. So that's why this is saying, like, why suppress who you are? No, keep doing that. And then it also says... It is better to do to be situated in one's position, meaning do the job that you are meant to be doing, whether it's, you know, uh, teaching, whatever it might be, and try to attain Krishna consciousness under superior training, right? So like keep doing what you're doing and then train to be Krishna consciousness. Right. And have faith that Krishna is going to guide you, you know, from the previous uh, text, it had said that there's so many philosophers who write commentaries on the Gita and have no faith in Krishna. They're not going to be liberated from bondage of activities. But if any ordinary man who has faith performs his duties, even if he's unable to execute such orders and, and prescribed duties, he will become liberated from the bondage of karma. So, so important to do your faith do your duty, or no, do your faith. Do your duty with faith. <laughs> do, your, do your duty with faith. Do your faith, do your duty. <laughs> do your duty with faith. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that so much, Shelly. All right. All right, and that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. We will start our next episode with chapter three, text number 34. Thank Beautiful. you so much for listening, everybody. See you soon. Bye. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi